0: Listener exclusive. Well, g'day and welcome to my grand final podcast. Uh, I'm Lee Faulkner and I am a dyed in the wool, avid Parramatta supporter. Long suffering as it might be, like all Parramatta supporters, Uh, but it's a badge that I've been willing to wear since I was old enough to remember simply because I was born into a family of Parramatta supporters. Having uh, grown up around the western suburbs of Sydney, my father and my grandfather were born and raised in the Maryland's Guildford area. And uh, that was the heartland of the Parramatta Rugby League Club, a club that would make its way into the New South Wales Rugby League Premiership that would eventually become the NRL in 1947. But it was a long time before Parramatta fans could start celebrating any sort of success. In fact, between 1952 and 1961, Parramatta would finish with the wooden spoon eight times, only winning 35 of 180 matches. So for those of you who, uh, you know, are concerned about the lack of success over the last 35 years, uh, there were plenty that suffered for a long time well before all of us. And pretty much it wasn't until 1962 that finally Parramatta fans had something to cheer about. Eight years before I was born, the Blue and Gold made the finals for the very first time. And thankfully, they did it again in the three following seasons. Uh, They were trying to attract some big-name players, and some of you may know the names of Ken Thornett, Dick Thornett, and the great Bob O'Reilly. But it didn't last very long and in the year that I was born, 1970, the uh, Parramatta Eels again picking up the wooden spoon, a title they would get once again in 1972. But finally, when I was five years old, Parramatta won something. Uh, It wasn't much. (laughs) It was against Manly Warringah and they won the pre-season cup final. But the next year, in 1976, it seemed as if the fortunes of the great blue and gold club were finally about to change. They finally made the grand final in their 30th season. And it's one that I don't really remember. Losing narrowly to a manly Warringah side that they'd defeated just two weeks before. It was an absolute heartbreak for my father and my grandfather. And it brought about one of those famous moments that will forever be talked about in rugby league folklore in that part of the world. Winger Neville Glover, who was a fair player, had the line wide open in the dying minutes of the game. And, well, unfortunately, as history would sh- show, Glover dropped the ball over the line. And out to Salkowitz. Through one thing, the land. And it's Glover, he's lost it. Glover lost the ball. Out on the touchline, and it's manly in possession. The following year, in 1977, Parramatta captured their first minor premiership and qualified for the grand final for the second year running, this time against the mighty St George Dragons. The match was a dire contest, and one that I absolutely remember. My father asking me to come and sit down and watch our little black and white television as we watch grainy images of men running at each other at great speed and some incredible heroics. And I'll never forget the sight of Rocket Rod Reddy coming off the field with blood streaming down his face. It it really was the way the game was played back in those days. The match was a nine-all draw, thus was the dire contest that we saw. And unfortunately what would happen is, the following weekend, a grand final replay. Now, in those days, there was no golden point or play on for extra minutes. It simply ended and the game was to be replayed again the following week. A match that the Parramatta Eels lost 22-0. Now, the club would qualify for the finals in 78-79, and missed the finals in 1980 for the first time since 1974. But, it would start a decade of success that was unprecedented in the modern era of the game. With the likes of Mr. Perpetual Motion Ray Price, the great Peter Sterling, the guru Eric Groth, the Zip Zip Man Steve Eller, the crow Mick Cronin, and the mighty Brett Kenny, the club would capture their most successful decade and win four premierships between 81 and 86, much of it under the influence of coach Jack Gibson. I'll never forget watching the 1981 grand final against the Newtown Jets. The much fancied club had a little fiery halfback called Tommy Radonikos, and they were fancied to win it. But Parramatta hung in there, winning their first ever premiership. And the scenes of elation in my lounge room well, they were something I'll absolutely never forget. And there's the hooter. And the crowd go wild. And I hope the players are given the opportunity to have a lap of honour without benefit of crowd. And there are, is a massive favour coming out of this stand here on our right. The next year, we'd make the grand final again and come up against the arch nemesis, the Manly Warringah Seagulls. It was truly the Silver tails against the Fibro Town. And again, Parramatta was successful. In 1983, my uncle invited myself and my father to watch the grand final at the Parramatta Leagues Club. Now, <laughs> there was no way that we were going to win three grand finals in a row. But another great rivalry had been forming over a number of years with the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. And a 6 4 victory sealed our third Premiership in a row in 1983. In 1986, we made it to the Grand Final again and again beat Canterbury 4 2 in the lowest scoring Grand Final in history. 1986. What was the emotion raising that trophy as captain of the 1986 victorious Eels? I was pretty emotional because I got to choose when I left the game, not as a player. After that, a lot of those legends retired, Mick Cronin and Ray Price and a number of others. Uh, and well, it took a long time to get anywhere near the success. Again. In fact, it's never been repeated in the last 36 long-suffering years. The closest that the Eels came was in 2001, having dominated the competition for the entire year, scoring 839 points, only losing four matches. But we came up against the Newcastle Knights side, led around by a little bloke called Joey Johns, who'd go on to become the eighth immortal it was 24-0 at half time and we lost it 30 to 24. It was absolutely heartbreaking. We finished minor premiers in 2005 but didn't make it past the North Queensland Cowboys in the preliminary final. And in 2009 under new coach Daniel Anderson, well, things were a little different. Having said that, Only weeks out from the end of the season, we were sitting in the bottom eight and it took an incredible performance and a seven-game winning streak, led mostly by the M winner of that year, Jared Hayne, for us to make the grand final, only to come up against a completely stacked Melbourne Storm side, who would be stripped of the title in years to come, and yet another heartbreak for the Parramatta Eels. Well, things went off the rails a little bit from there, and, well, we can pretty much skip the next decade in a bit. Uh, things in the 2020s haven't been all our way, that is for sure. And only a couple of years ago, we finished with the wooden spoon. But after making uh, repeat performances, but after making repeat appearances in the finals, well, it's finally time for the club to get rid of that hoodoo. After 36 years, Parramatta fans finally had a chance to watch their team make it into the NRL grand final. Alongside the women's, this Sunday afternoon, Parramatta will have the chance to bury the discussion forever that they can't win a grand final out of the 1980s. Will it happen on Sunday afternoon? Well, I guess by the time you listen to this podcast, you may already know the answer to that. I'm a proud Parramatta supporter. I've loved following the club through its highs and its lows, and there's been plenty of those, (laughs) but maybe, just maybe, this is the year that it all turns around. I hope so.